Please turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. I was having a conversation with the Lord about this. And, uh, you know, sometimes he asks you a question. It's loaded. It never is not. And he, he just said, do you know what my dream is for my church? I said, why? I was going to say yes, but if you're asking, obviously I don't know. <laughs> I said, why don't you tell me? And he began to talk to me. And he said, the body has been split. Something happened in the beginning and then it split somewhere in time and it went in two different directions. And he, he said, it began in Acts chapter 6. All of it is there, but nobody sees all of it. People like to see the things they want to see and the things that they are comfortable doing. And so he said what happened was there was something that happened that today we see a split. We see on one side the more denominational and traditional churches are very much focused on community, on that side of looking after people and doing all those things. And then there was the other side of power where the Holy Spirit would move and all kinds of gifts would manifest and the miracles of God would be seen. Yeah. Are you all with me? Okay, and so, uh, you know, one of the things that happened, I have to share some of my personal experiences with you in order for you to see what I'm saying. So please allow me to do this. Um, you know, as I grew up and, and I came to know the Lord, uh, I don't know if you know this or not. It was through a Billy Graham crusade. And so, uh, you know, I got saved. And it was a miracle how that happened. Uh, but I, I don't want, that's not for today. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was, they sent me to an Anglican church. So I went there. And, you know, I, that's where all the swinging of the little, you know, uh, smoky thingies and all that came from. Okay, because I just dedicated myself to it. And I just thought this, is not, uh, this isn't what I, 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 I felt like I came to. In that time, something supernatural happened, and this was all very natural. And, and it was very religious, and again, not to take from that, because I didn't realize that there was something else about what they were doing that was right that I never really saw, because I was looking for something else at the time. And I found it, you know, I, I turned on the TV one day, and I saw this evangelist on TV, and boy, I just just went off in me. Because he was talking about the power of God and everything else. And I thought, that's it. That's for me. And so I became a part of that. And so I joined, you know, I, I joined the church. And, and, and I mean, it was it, wonderful. The power of God and everything else. But one thing I realized that it, I, I didn't never pick this up. That it didn't have a lot of community. It was a lot of miracles. It was a lot of... Um, just the, the, the supernatural hand of God seen. And it grew because of that. Listen carefully. And the denominational churches grew because they, they, they looked at community and they considered community as a very important thing. So if you were sick or whatever, they'd, they'd sit by your bedside, they'd hold your hand and stay there till you died. No, see, <laughs> I want to make a point here, okay? 
word of faith won't do that. They'll go in the, 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 the hospital, they'll pray for them, they'll say, in Jesus' name, amen, and walk off. Because we had that mentality. If you believe, you receive. If not, you know, okay? And so this was something that, and, and there is something to that. Don't get me wrong. There is something to that. But what, what the Lord showed me was he said, see, we need both. We need to have the community and the power. The church wasn't meant to be just a charitable organization. Wasn't meant to be, oh, they're church people, they're religious. They will look after you, and they will pet your head, and they will take care of your dog, and they will do all those things. It was not meant to be one of those things. And the pastor just is out there doing all those things, and no time for the word or anything. And so, and because of that, there was a rejection of that, where the other side was saying, hey, listen, we want to pray. We want to be in the word of God because that's where the power is. And what, we, what the people need is to hear from God. And I, they're not going to hear from God if I'm out there doing stuff all day. So they said, I'm going to cut myself off and I'm going to do this. Let's see what the early church did. Because they're both right but they found the solution. So having given you all of that, let's read. <laughs> Acts chapter 6, verse 1. You know, it's funny how many times I've gone through this and how much more I see in it today than I have ever seen before. <laughs> and so I want to share some of those revelations with you today. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Now in those days, we are not going to race through this because there are a lot of things in here you need to see. Yeah. When the number of the disciples was multiplying, there rose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were uh, neglected in the daily distribution. Verse 2, then the twelve summoned the multitude, those are the apostles, okay? Summoned the multitude of the, uh, of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 3, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip and five others, okay? Verse 6, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed and laid hands on them, verse 7, then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. That is Christianity. The yeah. faith means Christianity, yeah. okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right, now, let's go back to verse 1. I want to read all of that because this is the whole picture. Now, let's go back and have a look at it. Let's go back to verse 1. Notice again the first thing that it says here, in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, it didn't say when the number of convert, converts were multiplying. Yeah. Now this is really important. Because this is what happens a lot of times, is a church will get people converted, and they'll get, you know, the numbers will grow, and they'll take those new converts and put them in charge of things. And then everything goes wrong. Because they say, well, you know, that's what the Bible says. You know, just place certain people over tens and fifties and hundreds. And those people don't know anything. I want you to notice that the number of disciples multiplied. What's a disciple? 
John chapter 8, verse 31. Let's go there quickly. I'll give you several things here. John chapter 8, 31. We, we can't do this, you know, uh, according to what we think. We have to do this according to the word of God. Do you understand? We need to see everything in there. So John 8, 31. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word. I want to show you what that means, okay? He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. There it is. To be a disciple, you need to abide in the word. To, a, to be a d d disciple doesn't mean you climb a mountain. Doesn't mean you go do all these sort of things. Doesn't mean that you are, you know, enrolled in some sort of a program. It is. See, this is the key thing. See, a lot of people want to sort of work their way through something to get a position. But in the kingdom of God, it isn't about all that stuff. It's about how much time are you spending with God? Are you all with me? It's about your time with Him. It's about Him speaking to you. It's about you being transformed, not learned. No, I need to make a point. You need to see something here. This is why the church isn't supernatural, because it's all in the head. Do you understand? If you get a revelation that's in your heart, then something will happen. A power will begin to flow out of you. Please get this. We are trying to make the power flow with the stuff we know. The power flows only with the revelation that you have. Are you all here? Please get this. Uh, Acts 2.42 that's what's so significant about what Acts 2.42 says. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Notice two things. Apostles' doctrine and fellowship. I told you two things, okay? In the breaking of bread and, and, and in prayers. So I want you to notice again, they continued steadfastly. If you, you know, he says, if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples. They continued steadfastly. It's the same thing. Are you all here? Okay, continuing steadfastly means that you commit yourself to God and His Word. Did you hear I said both of them? Some people just commit to the Word. They will do their readings and they will do their listenings and they will do all of that. And when it's done, it's done. But there's a difference between that and engaging God in that time. What am I reading, God? See, that's a problem with me. I'm going to tell you my problem now. Problem with me is I start, I start reading and I talk to God and then I can't stop. It's like suddenly I, I, I see insight in something. I can never get to the end of a book. Are you kidding me? I'm stuck on a verse. Because I get revelation and more revelation. Do you know why I'm talking to the author? And he has a lot to say about everything. So, there, you know, I take my hat off to those who can read the whole Bible because that's what their calling is. Some people are called to do that and get that picture. Others, every time they jump in, according to their gift, they can't leave. They're stuck in one place, but it's not stuck. There's revelation and revelation and revelation and revelation. Amen? Some are running rivers, some are deep wells. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm, I'm the well. Okay, so. What, was this? What, what, is it, what does it mean when they continued steadfastly? What does it mean to be a disciple? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. You guys need to give me times today because I have no idea. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Let's begin in verse 11. 
This is how God supernaturally equipped the church to grow disciples. Now, I've heard a lot of discipleship programs. It irks me. No, it really irks me. It's not discipleship. It's controlship. It's you do what I tell you to do. And I'll tell you what to wear. And I'll tell you what's, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And so that person kind of becomes God over that person. And they start playing junior Holy Ghost. Ooh. <laughs> no. That is very not good. And they... De- anyway. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go back here. Ephesians chapter 4. Watch now. Verse 11. And he himself is talking about Jesus. Gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Those, those last two are very interesting. In the original text, there is no end. There's a hyphen. Because every pastor has to be a teacher, but not every teacher is a pastor. Okay? So some teachers can be teachers, and that's all they are. But every pastor has to be a teacher. They cannot just be a pastor and not be able to teach because that's the way you grow people up. What I put there is they can preach and teach. Uh, never mind. Another revelation for another time. Okay, verse 12. Okay, it says, Watch now, all of this is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. There's no comma in there. That whole line is one. What are they meant to do? Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's the disciple. Somebody that's equipped for the work of the ministry. Not somebody that hears a lot of stuff and goes, that was a good sermon. I'll come back and get another one next week. It needs to be someone that says, hey, I learned something. I can go do something with that. Are you all here? It's like you're going to mechanics school, okay? And they teach you about your car and your car breaks down. You don't call them up and say, come fix it. When they told you what to do, get out and fix it. You have been taught what to do. Do it. Are you all here? Oh, no, but the pastor is the best mechanic. He is the one I'm wanting to come. What? What? You can't stick a, You can't do stuff like that. Because by the time pastor gets there, they're dead. But you are there. Are you, are you with me? So notice, what is the work of the ministry? The work of the ministry. And these, you know what? Put, put John 14, 12 on there. Just put it on there. And everybody read it. Uh, I'll wait. John 14. Oh, it's on? Okay. Notice what it says. Most assuredly, because you don't believe it. I say to you, he says, he who believes in me, the works, the works, the works. Watch. Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. That's the work. The works that I, what did he do? He healed, he fed multitudes, and he didn't do it by taking up an offering and saying, this is how much bread we can buy. He did it by multiplying the thing. Are you all with me? It was all supernatural. See, the church is trying to naturally do that today. And we need to be careful that we don't become like the world. That we're trying to do everything in the natural based on what we get. And if we don't get enough, then we can't do it. 
Jesus didn't say, oh, two, you know, uh, two fishes and five loaves. You know, if you gave more, we'd have more to give, but this is all you gave. So that's about it. I, I, I want to make a point here because that's something that the church has sort of kind of tilted and kind of said, yes, we need to help, but we need this stuff to come in to help. Who believes in the miraculous? Okay. I was going to say more, but I just thought I'd stop there. You know, <laughs> you know do we believe in a God of miracles? You know, if we believe, it will work. It, the, 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 the doorway to all the stuff we need is in the bank account. It's this. If this account fills up, then that will fill up. Are you all with me? So we need to learn how to fill this up so that that fills up. We don't look at that to fill up and then go, oh, now we can do something. Fill this up and then the rest will fill up. I, I, I really need to see something here because for us to move forward, it needs to be supernatural. It needs to be supernatural. I know of people that would lay hands on their offering bucket and said, you know, Lord, this isn't enough. And they would lay hands on the offering bucket and it would multiply. And we go, yep, that'll do. Oh, serious. I don't know where God got the money from. He doesn't counterfeit, but I don't know where he got it from. You know, some drug organizations only lost all their money. I don't know. Who cares? You know the wealth of the sinner has been laid up for the just. Well, if we believe it, we'll get it. They won't have it. Less drugs, more God. But we've been told, oh, no, no, you can't do that. You were meant to be poor and humble and do nothing. And scratch out a living until you drop dead and go to heaven. Wow. You know, really, really? I know why people object to some of that. Because people have taken that money and done things they shouldn't do with it. That's between them and God. That doesn't mean we change. We still push forward. Are you all here? Hmm. So, for the equipping, <laughs> I haven't finished in Ephesians yet. For the equipping of the saints, of the, uh, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. Of, this is, I'm talking about a disciple now. What is a disciple? Okay, here's all the things that they need to be. They are, they are equipped for the work of the ministry. And notice it's also for the edifying of the body of Christ. They need to be edified. They don't need to be pulled down. They need to be built up. You guys need to see what I'm doing right now is I'm, hopefully I'm inspiring you. And I'm, ho I'm hoping that you begin to reach for things. If you don't reach, you'll never, you'll never get there. But somebody needs to tell you there's something there to be, to be had. Something you should be reaching for. And something that God who watches over his word to perform it will perform. But only if you're reaching. If you don't reach it, nothing will happen. Are you, are you all getting this is so important that you get this? Because you will look at yourself otherwise and say, I can't do this. Can I give you a massive revelation right now? You can't do this. You can't do this. Jesus said, the work I'm doing, I'm seeing my father doing. 
He does the works. You know, I had never seen that. God said, let me do the works. Believe so that I can do these works. And that's why it says God working with them. The Lord working with them. Jesus never did anything by himself. Everything he saw the Father doing, he did. I'd never seen that. And so everything that he tells us to do by faith requires a work of us and God together. We are, we are bound together. We're not separate. One doesn't work for the other either direction. Well, God, you can do whatever you want to. See, now you're making him the servant. You think that you are, you know, you're saying God is almighty, but you're actually telling him, you do this, I'm not going to do anything. I know your word says to believe, but you know, you can do whatever you want. So do whatever you want. That is, come here, let me slap you. <laughs> that, that is irreverent. Be, when, when he has said to you, believe. Verse 13. Till we, <laughs> still ain't finished. Till we come to the unity of faith. The unity of the faith. It means that we're not pulling in several directions. Well, I believe this. Well, I believe that. And we're all believing something else. And we all think we're just all so great for believing different things. And can I just say this? If we're all flowing in the same direction with the same Holy Spirit, we should be hearing the same thing. And if there's division, it's because somebody's not hearing now. No, seriously. It amazes me every time God takes this church in a certain direction, everybody hears the same thing. And everybody thinks, I'm just hearing this, it's just me. And then they find out everybody's hearing the same thing. Then it's just like, oh, they heard it too. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the leading of the Spirit. Welcome to new stuff. That's why we're not a part of any denomination. Because they're stuck in stuff. And God said, I just need you to be a church that follows me wherever we go. Whatever revelation I give you as you grow, otherwise you'll grow out of one denomination into another. And then out of that, into, and after a while they'll go, we don't want to take you because you keep jumping out. That's because you keep staying in one spot. You know, God is new every morning. A lot of those organizations aren't. They were new some morning, and then they stayed that way. People get so comfortable with things. And can I just say this? If you want to be comfortable, don't be a part of the church. You know, go join a bingo club or something. This, this is uncomfortable, but it's exciting. It is powerful. All sorts of amazing things happen. But it requires you to kind of reach out a little bit, you know? Just a little bit of effort, <laughs> okay? It says, watch, till we all come to the union of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. See, we need to know Jesus. We need to know about him. We need to know everything, you know, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He isn't just a way, a truth, and a life, and you can go some other way if you want. Do you hear me? We need to know this. It has to be something that we are convinced of and something that we understand is not religious. It's real. <laughs> if you see a wheel without the nuts screwed in, you know, some, you take it to the mechanic. I don't know why I'm a mechanic on my brain today. 
Anyway, so you know, you, you, you go there and you see a car and they, they put it back off the hoist and somebody, some dope, forgot to put all the nuts back on the wheel. You know, it, I mean, it's there, but there's a small problem. We need to screw the nuts back on. That wheel is going to come flying off. Especially the way you drive now, anyway. But, you know, well, you know, and somebody says, you need to, to, to screw those up. Well, brother, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in screwing nuts back on. We're not one of those churches. We're the church of we leave things alone. You're the church of screwing the nuts back on, but we're not. See, now we have to part ways. Because I want to live. So I'll put the nuts on. I know what all happened. Reading the paper, you know. <laughs> they went off a cliff or something. Anyway, whatever. Wheel comes off, you know, a big surprise. And then they're so surprised. People are surprised when things don't work, when they disobey God. Shock. <laughs> to a perfect, that word means mature, back in verse 13. Yeah. To a perfect and mature man or woman, notice. We are, we are meant, that's a disciple, a mature man or woman, not a baby, Amen. running off in every way. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, okay? It says, uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, this is what they had to work with. They didn't have baby Christians before they went to do on the next things. See, we can't go and do the next thing until we do the first thing. Can I get a little amen on that? You, you know what I'm trying to say? So many people want to jump out there and start doing things. Just because one is ready doesn't mean all are ready. And that one that's ready should go out and do something, but don't drag everybody else with you yet because they ain't there yet. They're still tripping over their nappies. You know, <laughs> right? Ah, you've got your tight jeans on, you're doing good, but there, they're just, you know, it's around their ankles half the time. <laughs> And you're going, okay, let's go for a jog. And they <laughs> And you're going, what's wrong with you? <sighs> I haven't grown up yet. Okay? Back to the bottle. Anyway. <laughs> so, verse 14. That we should no longer be children. Now, this is where they are at. Uh, the people that aren't there yet, this is what they're talking about now. No longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So that's what a lot of children in the word, th those that are not mature, they're just getting, they vacillate from one place to the other. Oh, this person says this. Oh, maybe that's right. Oh, that person says that. Oh, maybe that's right. And they're just not solid centered. They're just, you know, like James says, you know, tossed about with every wind. They're just going everywhere, up and down. Are you all with me? And so those people must not, must not be put out into ministry because they still need to be ministered to. They haven't got to the place where we're ready to do anything yet. Okay. Verse 15. This is a key thing about maturity Speaking the truth in love. That means you don't go, well, I believe this, and if you don't believe it, well, pfft. Well, no, you're a child. You're still a child. Because, you know, you, you're, you're spitting out things. There's no love there. 
suddenly you get a revelation and suddenly everybody has to have the same revelation. No, no, no. You know, because one thing I've learned is even though I may get a revelation, after a while it mellows and I start to see everything else about it, not just the one thing I thought it was about. And so that really helped. I, you know, I, I did this. I was that. I used to go tell everybody all the stuff that I knew. And that's how it is. And that's all there is to it. Hello. Ignorance much. That's, that's when you say, that is a stupid person. I have learned that as I get revelation, wait on God. Wait. Let him continue speaking to you. you he has touched something passionate on the inside of you. Now let him build the rest. So you can see the whole picture. And you go, okay, God, I see it now. Are you all here? It takes time. You can't skip that step. I used to. And then I realized it pushed me 10 steps back. Then I have to fight my way back to where I started. Don't do stuff like that. Amen? Just let, that's why I said change isn't sudden. Miracles are sudden, but change isn't sudden. The suddenness of God isn't change. Do you hear what I'm saying? Change is slow. Because as much as you want a tree to grow overnight, it will take how long it takes for the thing to grow. We used to plant a seed and we used to want fruit the next day. And a year come and go. It's like, it's still nothing. No. You have to wait at least two or three years for some of those guy, little guys to produce a fruit. I mean, we had one of those, didn't we, Dad? And we left when it produced fruit. <laughs> we left the country. Yeah. We waited so long. Ah, oh, never mind. You know, no matter how much I wanted it, it didn't produce anything. And that's the reason why we have to be careful not to force growth on ourselves or other people. They need to grow as they grow. Okay. So we need to speak the truth in love. That's what allows them to grow up in all things into him who is the head. We are to do the same thing. We are all to grow up. I told you to rise up today, but you can't rise up until you first grow up. Right. Amen? Hallelujah. And he says here again, that may grow up in all things into him who is head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what, listen now, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. What every joint supplies. It means that each of you as a joint has a gift. Each of you has a, as a, as a joint has a supply that only you can bring. That's something that is unique to you. And if every joint isn't doing what they're meant to do, if every joint is saying, that person needs to do it all, I'm just a joint... Uh, people then, I don't mean that kind of joint. Okay, one of these joints, all right? Every, every person is a joint that is to supply. Not a joint that is to pass off the responsibility on, something, on, on somebody else. Each joint is to su supply something, which means that God has gifted each one with something. He won't ask you to supply something that he hasn't given you first. 
Are you all with me? You really need to get this. That's why you need to find your gift. Your gift is that supply. And it's a supernatural thing. It's not natural. Now, you can help us out with the natural things that you're good at, but we're looking for the supernatural thing you're good at more than anything else. Because that's supernatural thing. So, you know, somebody might be really good at supplying food, for example. But if, if, you know, if there's somebody that can lay hands on food and multiply the thing, we want that. You know what I'm trying to say? Because that will take care of a lot of other things. We won't have to keep giving you money. We just give you a couple of loaves and fishes and we're done. You feed the multitudes. And we have 12 baskets left over. See, again, if you don't know, you won't do. First thing is knowledge. Then come the miracles. Okay. Am I the only one hot? I probably am. Oh, it's hot? Oh, somebody turned it on. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, the offering goes to her this week. <laughs> so, uh, where are we? So, again, it says, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part does its share. It doesn't do what everybody else is doing. And it shouldn't be expected to do other parts' shares. I know that's bad English, but you know what I'm trying to say? Sometimes somebody sees somebody doing really well. Oh, you can do this too. No, 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 no. That is you, sweetheart. If you got it on your heart, that's you. Yeah. Don't get it in your heart for somebody else to do. Yeah. Let me say that again. If you get something on your heart, it's for you to do, not for you to tell somebody else to do it. It's your heart. Stop trying to give it away. It's your job. Don't pass it off. This is not the public service. <laughs> we take responsibility. We do what we're given to do. And we ask God to help us with it. That is what uh, you know, allows us to have that connection and relationship with God because we are depending on Him to do the thing He asks us to do. We're not depending on somebody that has a gift to do it and then we don't have to talk to God about it anymore. Hello. Yeah. Gotta stop doing stuff like that, family. Yeah. If you've got something in the heart, if you don't want to do it, shut up. <laughs> don't tell somebody else and guilt them into it. No, no, I'm serious. This is so important. This is why the body ends up with burnt out Christians. Amen. They're all doing something that somebody else got it on their heart to do, and they gave it to you. Because you are being the paid person. So you will do it. I understand it anyway. Okay. I still haven't got to the second verse of Acts. This is still in verse 1. And <laughs> I guess we're doing more than one message on this. Uh, where are we? And notice again, which every part does it share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This is what causes growth. When every joint is working, when this truth has been spoken in love, are you all with me? When we're growing up to that fullness of the statue of Jesus Christ, when we are starting to mature and start to walk in these things, that is a disciple. So verse six, uh, verse 1 says, in, in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, that were like this. 
Do you get it now? X61. Do you get this? That's what was multiplying. Not converts. These were multiplying. People were stepping in and doing things. People were ready to do things. Not wanting to pass it off to somebody else. Verse 2. I told you, we just got to verse 2. <laughs> no, you see, you need to see this, otherwise you don't get this. We try to follow the Acts chap chapter 6 church without all the bits and pieces. Okay, these are the bits and pieces. It says, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Do you know why? Do you understand why now they said that? Because if they left the word of God, all of this wouldn't happen. The saints wouldn't be growing up. They wouldn't be getting to a place where they're ready to supply and be the blessing they were designed to be. They would all just be sitting there going, teach me another sermon so I could just take that home, feel good, take it home. You know, pray for me a little bit so I get my needs met and then I'll go home and I won't have to do any of this till next week. You don't stop being supernatural from Monday to Saturday. <laughs> okay? And then just before you come to church, you take your Clark Kent outfit off and you come in as Superman. I have a prophecy. I have a tongue. I have something to say. And then you go out and you take it all, put your Clark Kent suit back on, and you're driving and somebody cuts you off. Ah! Obscenity, obscenity, obscenity. What happened for a tongue and a prophecy and a... Better not bring that in the church. And then we wonder how come God's not giving us anything. He's going, what, what are you going to say? The last time I heard you, was you were cursing at somebody. I don't know if I want that mouth to say anything today. Just be quiet and sit down. We'll find somebody else. Come on now. Are you all here? You know, you wanted this, so here it is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it says again, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. It was important that the tables be served. But they said we can't leave this. You know what's being said here that we need to see that's being said? We can't leave this important thing to do that important thing. He didn't say we're going to leave this important thing to this menial thing. He said we can't leave this important thing to do this important thing. So because this thing is important, we're going to do something about it. Verse 3, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good, and could be women, of good reputation. Good reputation. We need to be careful who we pick. We need to know that they have a good reputation. We don't want somebody to go, oh, that person's a deacon in your church. I don't think I'll come. No, seriously, because that could be a problem. If you have a bad reputation. Bad reputation, you need to understand what I mean by that. That means you're rude. You're unmannerly. You tell people off all the time. We don't want that. Speaking the truth in love. What about people that have made mistakes? No, that's not what we're talking about. Because they repent, they change, they're somebody else. We're talking about people that are just rude and unmannerly. People that, you know, you just think, oh, that's very unapproachable. You go and say something, they'll bite your head off. But we don't want, that's not, that's not the truth in love. You know what I'm trying to say? All right. So it says here, seek out among you seven men of good reputation, 
Full, I love this. Full of the Holy Spirit. Not just a little bit. Just a little sprinkling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? It says, full of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and. Do you see the word and? Because we, we ended up putting a whole bunch of Holy Spirit feel nut jobs. Because they were filled with the Spirit. And because they moved in the Spirit. And they were doing miracles. So we said, we'll go serve tables. And they were nutsy doing it. And everybody said, please don't serve me anything. Because you will do a tongue and interpretation and a prophecy before I get to eat. We, we don't want that. Notice full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. They know how to use their gifts. They know when to shut up. And when to, as they're feeding somebody, to know something is up. Today I need to not just feed you, I need to speak a word to you. And not a whole paragraph. It may be two words. Rise up. You know, because sometimes God's already talking to the person and all they need to hear is a confirmation. You just say the same words and they go, God, thank you. Now I can eat. <laughs> so they served the table and gave a bit of wisdom at the same time. Are you all with me? Whom we may appoint over this business. Obviously, it was important. They said, this is important. Somebody needs to do this. But it needs to be the right people. They need to be people that are full of God, full of the Holy Spirit, and who are smart, who are wise, who won't do dumb things and look super spiritual. Yeah. Amen? And he says, so, this is the reason. He says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. It says, as long as this is being done, then we can do that. We can't do that if this isn't being done. Are you all here? One of the things, one of the problems we had when we first started this church, I didn't know all of this stuff. I didn't have a revelation of it. I could preach some of it, but I didn't know it. Today I know. That's why we're ready, that's why we're ready to grow. Okay? We are, by the way, we are ready to grow. I always said, God, grow the church in your time. This is God's time. But you, know what, you know what he wanted? Disciples. That's what all of you are. You are learning and growing and becoming disciples. As you become disciples, there will be things that God will speak into your heart. Because you're a disciple. You're not, no longer a convert. Do you understand? And you'll feel very passionately about things. Welcome to the discipleship course. God's discipleship course. You have just been discipled by God. He has now spoken to you through many sources and many different things and brought you to a place where your gift is going boom. Now, that's not the time to come and tell me we need to do something about this. That's the time you come and tell me, I would like to do this. How do I do it? My job is to facilitate you to do what God has called you to do, not take over what he asked you to do. Do you understand? So as you are feeling led to do something, for God's sake, do it. 
Don't wait for the pastor to get up and say, I'm going to do it. I never will. Then you'll be disappointed the pastor is not in the spirit. <laughs> I am really, I am making a point. Because each of you have something very special on the inside. And some of you think it's too natural. You know, that's just too unspiritual. There is no such thing. There is no such thing. If it is helping someone, if it is blessing someone, then that's God. Are you all here? One person can only do so much. But as each person takes up their mantle and begins to do, that's when the church grows. Because each of you will start to do something that will bring people. Because you are doing the work of the ministry and people are going, where are you coming from? And then there's this gathering that just gets bigger and bigger. And I just keep praying. And I keep studying. And I don't get involved in your business. Let me tell the, say the last thing again. And I don't get involved in your business. Because God's working through you. I just need to be ready with whatever your business is, brings in. Amen. You have a Bible study and you get 50 people saved? Well, I need to be ready for that. Because i got to make disciples out of them now. Do you understand? If I'm out there trying to bring people in, then I'm not making disciples. Because I'm not spending the time I need. See, to make a disciple requires me to hear God, requires me to move in the Spirit, requires me to do all the things that I need to do to bring God down into this thing. Are you all here? If I start getting caught up in outside things, then I don't get time with God. That's it. You can't have both. People that left this church went to other churches, you know, because their, their pastor was more involved. And, but then the complaint was, oh, where's the message? I really want to slap them in the head and say, don't you get it? That's the thing. That's what you want them to do. And that's, that's what they do because you pressure them into doing that. And then you get no word. And then you're complaining. The church needs to be a place of community and power. It's to be, this is what God said to me, it's to be a supernatural organization. Not a natural one that brings heaven down to this earth. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. And fulfills what Jesus prayed when he said there, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. He didn't say let's find some great earthly organization that's doing good and work through them he said your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is heaven natural are you kidding me it is the most unnatural thing that there is and everything supernatural there is natural it's natural and unnatural are two different things our natural says we can't, we can't, we can't. Their natural is all things are possible. What do you mean you can't? All things are possible. There's no quality. All things. What, what, why? What, I don't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> but God, you don't know. Oh, God doesn't know something? 
I wouldn't go there. Not if you want to live. Today you shall be with the Lord, you know. <laughs> Matthew 16, 19. Could preach so much more on this, but I just want to just get through some of this stuff today. Sorry, I know I'm a little over. Matthew 16, 19. The latter half. Now, you know, people always think that Jesus built his church on Peter. Well, that's a big problem because Peter died. It was what Peter said. When you read the Greek, you can't read the English. You have to read the Greek. When you read the Greek, you realize that on the confession of Jesus is Lord. Because that's what Pete just did. And he said, this on this rock, which is what it is. When you confess Jesus is Lord, you become part of the church. He says, on this rock of confession of Jesus Lord, he said, I will build my church. And he said, and the gates of hell, the supernatural forces of darkness, every horrible thing that is out there, principalities and powers and rulers and all the things that people say, oh, we can't manage that. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Are you all with me? It's not meant to be, oh, we are not having enough this week. The gates of hell just prevailed. Yes. See, it's not meant to, you know why? Because it's meant to be supernatural. Now, please don't go on a guilt trip. I didn't buy you tickets for that. <laughs> please stay here. Okay? All I want to do is say to <laughs> because people go on guilt trips now. Oh, no. I, no, 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 I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about us as the church and where we need to head to next. We're not there yet, but can we start now that we know? We can only do what we know we need to do and start moving towards those things. And it is only something that you can do. I can't do it for you. Pass the prayer another 12 hours. That won't change anything you're doing. I may, I may get all the negative influences off you. You can still disobey God. You know, I know one guy, somebody prayed that they be healed. They were so stubborn. Finally, you know, they said, Jesus, even if you have to appear to them to heal them. And Jesus appeared to them. Jesus appeared to them. And they said, I don't believe in this stuff. Are you all here? Do you just think prayer can do it? I mean, if that doesn't do it, I don't know what. See, this is the thing that we still don't get. It comes back to us, what we are doing. We have to make decisions. If we don't make that decision, it won't happen. But you need to make the decision. And you need to be told you can do it. That's why I said, please don't listen to people that say you can't. Because they can't. And they want to keep you in the same can't that they can't. Because otherwise it will show them up. Hmm. Mark 16, 17 and 18. You know, when it says that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, it's talking about a powerful church, not just a charitable organization. The church was meant to be a place where the gifts of the Spirit operated and the power of God was manifested in various ways. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. And these signs, these signs, it's not everything, because greater works than these shall you do. But these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Oh, I started with that one. Because that's the problem with most people. 
need to cast something out. <laughs> okay? And they will speak with new tongues. They will, verse 18, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Which means, even when you are fed something, they're trying to kill you off and poison you. They can't. They just can't. Always pray over your food. Did you hear what I said? Uh, that's not being religious. That's being careful. Amen? You pray because you want it sanctified. And you know, can I just say what we pray? We pray that God blesses the food, that it's health and healing to all our body and all our flesh. It drives our sickness and disease, and it promotes health and life and miracles. In Jesus' name. So our bread turns into medicine, not just food. Do you believe it every time? I try to. Some days I really need to. Some days I'm going, all right, Lord, come on, we need this now. We got trouble here. <laughs> you know? No, seriously. He blessed their bread. It became healing. Jesus said, that healing is the children's bread. I can switch it around and say bread is also healing if you pray over the thing. Amen. And it says, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's a little bit of Nazi there. No, Jesus got a little, you know, say, will lay hands on the sick. I don't know. They, you will. And that's not all that's going to happen. They will recover. We have to believe this. We have to believe this. It won't happen if we... It said those who believe. It didn't say those who think maybe let's have a look and just touch something and... Oh, it died. Never mind. See you later. Bye. No, no. You can't do that. It's something in here. I told you God put something on the inside of us. We use the word believe, but we don't really understand... The power associated with that, what, what it's talking about. You know, I almost wish he'd said, and these signs will follow those who tap into the power I left on the inside of them. And that will come out of them as they allow it to come out. How do you do that? By believing. Huh? It's there. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. There is a residual power in there that some of the Eastern religions have found and tapped into. But the power that comes when you receive Jesus Christ is the power of God itself. The power that created all things, which far outstrips everything else, and shame on us. I just want to say that shame on us we should have so much power coming out of us that all of them fellas kind of go, oh, that's what the real thing looks like. Do you hear what I'm saying? This stuff is nothing compared to that. The moon compared to the sun. Are you, are you getting this? See, we, we can't dismiss things that are happening. Because, bless God, it doesn't fit into my religion. There's stuff happening. We need to acknowledge it. But understand something. What we have is so much greater. It is so much more powerful. It is unbelievable. Are you all here? 
you went from being a little bulb to something, you know, as somebody said, like a supernova. You know, the thing is just exploding in every direction. Hallelujah. And these signs will follow. Get it? That has signs following it. So we need to do this now. We need to grow up. And the saying, please the whole multitude. Let me just read these verses as we conclude. And from this they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. This is, these are the workers. Oh, that person has, a, has this power working them. Oh, they should be in the fivefold ministry. Wait, 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 wait. That's who we need to serve tables. Because we need the power of God when you're there. Because you're not just serving tables, you're ministering to people. It's a ministry. We are a supernatural organization. Everybody from the janitor all the way to the top can believe for a jet if they want, can believe for hands and limbs to grow out, can believe for supernatural healing to take place in their, somebody's emotions. All of them, doesn't matter. It's a spiritual organization as soon as you walk in that, you know, who, whatever, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. The janitor is born of God, he overcometh the world. Or she overcometh the world. No, do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's a spiritual organization. You come in and boom, You've got all this stuff working in you. You just need to learn how to use the thing. Hence the Corinthians. Now everybody has a tongue. And everybody... <laughs> okay, everybody calm down. Okay? <laughs> we need to teach you that God is a God of order. Not quenching the spirit. Did you hear me? Order, not quenching. Because the, the denomination church shook that and said, Order, which means don't do any of it. No, he said, do it in order. Do it correctly. The Spirit will lead you into what, what's right. You, in your enthusiasm, will jump up and want to do stuff. Settle down. Wait for the leading. Learn how to hear God. Best place is in church, where we'll all forgive you. Don't want to do it out there, and they arrest you. Hello. Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed and laid hands on them, then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples, disciples multiplied greatly. Not the converts, the disciples multiplied greatly. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith, that's Christianity. Now I may come back and do more on this next week, or not. I don't know. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. We understand that your church, the church that you dreamt of, the church that you had in your heart, it dealt with everybody. It loved everyone. And we thank you, Lord, that that church, the church you dreamt of, is the church that we want to be. It is our time now to take the next step. I thank you for all the disciples in this church. Those that have grown up in the word and in power. And I thank you as you lead them that they step into their ministry.
And it is they that will start to bring in more and more people through their ministry. And we thank you that church, this will be a meeting place of all those that have come in in different places so that we can come together and worship together and have a corporate anointing. Hallelujah. With hundreds and thousands of believers raising their hands and worshiping God. And the anointing so powerful that it heals and restores and all kinds of amazing things happen. Hallelujah. And while we're praying, we thank you for the perfect building for all of this to take place in. We don't want to rent one, God, because we don't want other things to get in it. We want it to be solely used for you. And we thank you for that. That is somebody's ministry. <laughs> you move on somebody's heart to do that. That will be their supply. That's what that joint will do. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen.